good to have everybody here today. It's good to see Veronica. Amen. Hallelujah. She wrapped up her radiation on Wednesday. She rang the bell. We rejoiced with her. Amen. This is the beginning of a miraculous thing that God's going to get all the glory for in their life and everybody's life that it touches. Amen. We're believing for it. Amen. And we're so glad that you are here today. And uh, it's February. February. I don't know why they spell February February. It's like the weirdest, oddest thing. February. Um, but I looked up some facts about February. It, in the Southern Hemisphere, February is a summer month, the equivalent of our August month. It's kind of amazing, right? Um, it's the name, the month is named from, from the Latin word vibrum, which means purification. I don't know if that relevancy that has with you, just some information. Uh, together with January, uh, they were the last two months added to the Roman calendar. See, just random facts that you can write down and kind of link stuff to your brain. Did you do know that January 4th is the last two months of our year? Did y'all look at that? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Did you know that? And obviously we know that today, I mean, every February, the biggest Sporting event happens the Super Bowl. And I declare that's the worst. It's just, like, nobody's in it. It's not like the arm I've had up today. Um, but not all Cowboy fans. We do have, like, there is a Texas boys fan in the room. Patrick Mahomes uh, is from Tyler. Yeah, so if you're going to root for Texas, I'm not a true Texan. Moved here because I'm married in Texas and my mom's in Texas, so I figured it was wise to come. But uh, you know, <laughs> so um, I'll just move on. They, uh, but I read something where February symbolizes humility. It symbolizes spiritual wisdom and and humility. And we also know. All you men, 14th, it's the 14th. Mark on the calendar, men, February 14th. If you have a significant other, a spouse, uh, remember that day, whether it's chocolate, love for our youth ministry, uh, older brothers, good brothers. But uh, in Scripture, do you know that the Bible refers to the second month of the year as February? One of the first mentions is when in 1361, it was the it was uh, the month that Solomon began building the house of the Lord. It began in the second month of the year. So there's a random biblical connection there. <laughs> and then in Second Chronicles 30 and 15, um, it was actually February 14th, the second the 14th day on the second month. During the Passover celebration, the Feast of Fathers was celebrated. So there you go. There's a synchronicity that happens in February. So we have several 
references to the second month of the year in Scripture, and it's as relevant as those May or May not be. Our focus this month in our series message is on something that Scriptures don't only mention 13 times, but rather it's mentioned numerous times from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the and the idea is, is what Jesus' response is in Matthew chapter 22 uh, and verse 37. Matthew makes a statement and he says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Then he continues and he says, This is the great and first commandment. Everyone say, First command. And then he says, and a second is like it. So he compares the two. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor. Say, I love you, man. Just And then he says, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything hinges on these two our series this month is titled The Subtitle of Loving Others Isn't Easy. It might not be easy, but it's expected for those who follow Jesus. Amen? Amen? And in studying for this series, I thought about, you know, loving others. How I've succeeded at that and how I've failed at that. And when we talk about loving people, it can our thoughts or our minds can can go to our family first, right? You, you love your family. And there's nothing wrong with loving your family, is there? There's nothing wrong with loving your family. And because I can have a beautiful, romantic, love-filled relationship with my wife. And have you know, and have a, a a relationship with my girls that is familiar, and my the relationship with my girls takes nothing away from my intimate relationship with my wife. Am I right? That's how it works. And so I can fill my girls with all the love that I have and love her. I can. And have love fully within my home and family and still have enough love for Man, I'm explaining why. Because, and, and so, when you're loving people, never apologize for loving your family first. Never apologize for that. Why? Because it's not wrong. Right? It's not wrong for me to love my wife. And in fact, if it was, what's that song? Loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. Come on, now. you know that song. Yeah. What about, yeah, yeah. What about this one? I just want to say, I just called to say how much I love you. Come on, sing with me. I just called. Say how 
foundation of life. Okay? He, he gives me that foundation. It means that men are going to be that And not only that, but then you'll know his purpose. <laughs> he will get you right. Jesus wasn't talking about in, in the scriptures we read. He wasn't talking about loving those that are whole. When he said, "Love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself," he, he's talking. He said, "I want you to love them as much as you love yourself. Consider them as much as you consider yourself." And therein lies the difficulty. That's how loving others is an easy. It requires selflessness, and it requires intentionality. I will not love others by accident. Amen? I've got to be intentional about how I love them. Now, I'm not talking about the love that says, oh, I love people. See, that's a, that's a thought. I'm not talking about an emotion of love that says, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. That's not what what I'm talking about is love that takes action. Love that takes involvement. Love that takes investment. And this is what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the idea of love. That would be easy. It would be easy to say, oh, I love everybody. Until somebody does your work. I love most people. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15. It says, You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around and slander among your people. And you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. He continues, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, you shall, but you shall frank, reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Lord. Command to love your neighbor as yourself is the conclusive general statement at the end of what is called some social justice command. He says, uh, in verse 15, he speaks against partiality. In verse 16, he talks about busybodies. In verse 17, he talks about hatred. In verse 18, he talks about retaliation. He says, these are the things that I'm telling you not to be a part of but to love, and then he concludes it, love your neighbor as yourself. And these justice commands 
And if we consider the definition of justice as making things right, that's right, that kind of sums up what justice means, making things right. We can understand these commands as an expression of God. Think about it that way. When somebody does you wrong, how can I get justice? Not what, what's right in your eyes, what's right in God's eyes. That changes the whole We want to get peace. We want revenge. We want whatever. We, we want justice. But when I look at it from God's eyes, when someone sins against us, it's not considering what I want, but what does God want. And if we look at this question according to what we read here, verse 17 tells us to rebuke and turn to Christ. Hey, I'll carry you did me wrong, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. But then, while refusing, he says, he says, it's not wrong to call out sin, but rebuke them frankly while refusing to hold a grudge and seek revenge. You see, that's where the line gets difficult. That's where the action gets difficult. He's pointing out, well, you know, the Bible tells us in numerous places, Confess your faults one to another, right? So turn and confess your faults one to another. Come on, that's like insulting your parents. You know, one kid said something and the other kid said something. You did that? But he says, rebuke them frankly while refusing. In other words, he's saying, yes, we need to call. We need it, it, it's okay to call sin what it is. See, that's the thing about our, our world, society's version of love and God's version of love. Society's version of love is, oh, I love you, and, and because I love you, I'm not going to tell you how to live. God's version of love is, I love you enough to tell you how to live better. You see the difference? can love you, and I can love everybody. Love you see, the, the society's version of love is love without investment. God's version of love is I want you to love them enough to say something when it's not right. And that's where it can get a little bit Take action. 
of saying, oh, I love you, you're a sinner, and good luck to you. Right? I guarantee you, every one of us, me included, has been guilty of that. I love you, but Lucy, I pray for you. Chosen and anointed to sound the alert, to ring 
the doorbell and to invest, not to just observe from a distance, but to alert, hey, there's something going on, and hey, I can help you, and hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, to, to get burned up in this, this worldly life. There is something better. Let me show you who Jesus is. Before you block them, and you're going to post some random thought that talks about somebody hurting your feelings. You know who you is. Thank you. 
to do. Not argue. I need the, the strength of God to do that. But that's what he's talking about. That's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 26. That's what God is referring to in Leviticus. He says, he says don't hold the grudge. You need to forgive them. Don't show partiality. Don't have hatred in your heart. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why? Because God knows us. He knows us in our very nature, in, in, in our very thoughts. Uh, and that's why he says, this is a great commandment. In fact, it's like unto the second commandment. And so, we, because we are very quick to consider ourselves, are we not? Uh, I want to do a little social experiment. Everybody good with that? We're going to do a little social experiment. So, what I'm going to do is I am going to take a picture of you. I'm going to set that here. Okay? And I'm going to go wide and I'm going to go here. I'm going to set that here. I'm going to take a picture of everybody. Okay? I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to send it over. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it already happened. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a picture and, and I'm going to send it the media, and, and at the count of three, he's going to show it on here. And you're going to have five seconds to look at it, and then it's going to go away. Okay? That's all the instruction I'm going to give you. All right, so here we go. Everybody good enough? Everyone say please. Okay, so let me get this, and I'm going to send this over real quick. There we go. And while he's uh, getting that, and he is, uh, he received it. So, at the count of three, he's going to put that picture up here. You're going to have five seconds to look at it, and then this uh, title graphic is going to come back up here. Are you ready? Everyone say yes if you're ready. Okay. Ready. Three, two, one. Five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was too fast. Five, four, three. Two, one. All right, take it off. All right. Honestly, say, speak honestly, because that's the only way this works. How many of you look for yourselves first? Some of you here. You know what's funny is I grab my phone like this, and some people are like, We consider, we're very quick to consider ourselves. And this is why Jesus knows He knows that we're very quick to consider ourselves. This is why He said in Matthew 22 and verse 39, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He's comparing this to the greatest commandment in Scripture to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He compares loving your neighbor to loving God. You know why? Because God's whole existence is to love us. Jesus came. Because of love. And so if you're not, if 
your law and not exercise it. You've got to exercise your love of God. Your truth of God. Outside of the four walls of our home. Outside of the four walls of this church and the people that we come into contact with. Even the Apostle Paul wrote about it. He, 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 he kind of sums everything up. In Romans chapter 13, verse 8, he says, Owe no one anything except to love each other, and for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, he says, For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Anybody know where those are from? Ten commandments. He says, And any other commandments are summed up in this one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Keep that in mind. He sums up all of the Ten Commandments in love your neighbor as yourself. That's how important it is to exercise love for people. Forgive them as fast as you can do. Forgive them as fast as you Show mercy to them as quick as you show mercy to yourself. Show grace to them as quick as you show grace to yourself. Then, you will love your neighbor as yourself. It takes loving people like Jesus to do that. We've got to manifest our love to our neighbor in the same way that love is manifested to take care of you, right? You, you care about the little things in your life. What about caring for others in that same way? What about caring for people in the same way? You do everything you can to, to, to steer away from harm, right? You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get, get bruised up. What about investing in somebody's life to keep the joint going for them? That's what you do. That's why we say, love others even as you love yourself. Because we're talking about the kind of love that God showed us to, to, to come, to go to himself in flesh, and to, to hang on a cross and die on a cross. He didn't have to do that. They even tempted him, saying, if you're who you say you are, call on all the angels of heaven and for them to come take you off this cross. But he hung there in silence. Why? Because his love for you was greater than his desire to live a pain-free life. So what's your desire? Is your desire to love others greater than your desire to live a pain-free life? Because when you love others, you invest in others, they get to love you back. They're going to be thankful. They're going to be content. There's a, there's a video that says those closest to you are your biggest hurt and worry and worry and hope. Is it true? I wore this t-shirt this morning. Not because I wanted to make all the ministers mad that wore suits and ties and shirts and ties, but I wore it because the idea of this shirt, Love This City, 
represents the return of the Lord. This isn't just a, a, a passing phrase or slogan for the church. This city, as I said earlier, is full of people that are spiritually hungry and all their hearts
this way? Have you exercised love for people in this way? Are there people that you still have grudges against after years and years of, of being wronged? Are there, are, are, are there things that you hold over people's heads? As difficult as it is, that's not showing the love of God. Because I know the answer before I ask the question. If I ask the question, how many grudges has God ever held over your head? How many grudges has He held over the children of Israel who through the book of Judges time and time and time again turned their back on Him and built false images and worship calves made of gold? Broke God's heart, yet every time they came to Him, I know the answer. There's never been a time where God held a grudge over me. There's never been a time where He held my mistakes over me and said, "You know what? I would love you, but you did this that one time." It never, ever happened, and it never will. I wonder. You know what sets you free? You know what could be holding your miracle back? You know what could be holding your promise back? Your healing back? You know what could be holding it back? A simple grudge against somebody that did something wrong to you. I wonder this morning if Brady Phillips is so glad. Maybe this morning it's good for us to spend a few moments here. 